Okay. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulahil kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay, uh, nod your head if you can hear me. I probably should have asked that first. Yeah, okay, very good. So, continuing where we left off, uh, uh, we are, uh, we looked at the first two, two attributes of the people of Nifaq, and now we're going to look at two other attributes. And so we defined nifaq as hypocrisy. One who does nifaq is a munafiq. Okay. So nifaq equals hypocrisy, and munafiq is one is a hypocrite. One who does nifaq. Okay. <clears throat> And then the attributes that we saw yesterday, uh, uh, one was lying and the other was deflecting criticism. Oh, that should be lying. Okay. <clears throat> and so now, now continuing uh, that exploration uh, into into Nifaq, let us now look at the next two, uh, the next few ayahs of, of, of Baqarah. So, um, sorry, one second here. So, ayah 13, وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ And when it is said to them, Aminu, believe, the way the people believe, Alu, they say, Anukminu, shall we believe? Kema Amana Sufaha, shall we believe the way the fools believe? Allah Sufaha. No, indeed, they are the fools. But they don't know it. So <clears throat> how would you define this personality? They're being told to believe as the people believe, be like the people, and they are saying, you know, are you saying we should be like a bunch of fools? So, so describe that personality type for us. Anyone? So arrogance. Yeah, that's essentially arrogance. And this is actually, uh, to make sense of this, think of this from both sides. From one side, It's arrogance. And then from the other side, and then from the other side, we are, it is devaluing the community. So a point you've been hearing from me over and over again, right from the beginning, all the way at the beginning, when we were discussing the beginning of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, we talked about the B, emphasizing connection. And then from connection, we went into relationships that uh, a Yawm al-Din is a state of interaction. And we're looking at the importance of relationships. And then from there, when we are saying, Iyaka na'budu, and wa Iyaka nasta'in, and ihdina, that we are making dua on behalf of all of us. 
that throughout this whole process is this idea of connection, connection with Allah and such, and here, connection with the Ummah. And so, so uh, a point to seriously consider is, and we've made this point before, what I perceive of the Ummah is more of a reflection of myself than the Ummah itself. Because the Ummah has everything in it. So what I'm zeroing in on about the Ummah is reflecting me more than the entirety of the Ummah. Because the Ummah has people who are upright, the Ummah has people who are modest, the Ummah has people who are smart, the Ummah has people who are consistent. On the other hand, the Ummah has people who are corrupt, the Ummah has people who are tyrants, the Ummah has people who are, who, uh, who are inconsistent, and so forth and so on. We have literally everything. And so what I am drawing attention to is telling you more about me than about the Ummah itself. And so if I'm seeing the Ummah as a bunch of fools, that's giving you a hint about me rather than the Ummah. So I made this point in a previous class that, that we are taught that believers are mirrors of each other. And if you think of some people that, uh, that <clears throat> are in your common world and you find yourself judging certain aspects of their personality, the first thing to check is, uh, are you also guilty of those exact same problems in your personality? Because very often we will project what is actually wrong within ourselves on someone else. Now, this doesn't mean go around looking for flaws in other people. This is just instinctively what you find yourself doing. And so this attribute of the hypocrites is that they see themselves as smarter than the Ummah. They see themselves as potentially more civilized than the Ummah. Uh, uh, Sammy, I'm not sure, I don't, I don't know, uh, I'm not understanding what you mean by counter-cultural, uh, so if you explain that more, but I may still be pausing your, your answer until the end, but still if you can expand on that. So, does that make sense? So this third attribute of the people of hypocrisy is arrogance, which at the same time is devaluing the ummah. Meaning those are both the same point, two sides of the same coin. And so again, what is the, the point that we are making? Uh, a synonym for arrogance, I would probably see countercultural, uh, not necessarily as as arrogance, uh, uh, not necessarily thinking that that you're better, because uh, it could just be a straight up rebellion. But but the point is that now, we, uh, looking at the attributes we have of hypocrisy, we have lying, we have uh, deflecting criticism, and then we have uh, being arrogant. Now let's get to the fourth attribute of of, uh, of the, uh, the hypocrites. And then we're gonna revisit all of these. So, uh, when they're with those who believe, they say we believe. When they're with their devils, they say we are actually with you. We were mocking, we were mocking those people. So, how do you describe, describe this attribute? What's, uh, what is this personality type that we're seeing here? When they're with the believers, they say we believe. But then when they're with their shaitans, they say we're actually with you. Yes, this is two-faced, duplicitous, exactly. And so, but let's think about this. 
Think about how well, mashallah, all of us are behaved and think about how pious all of us are behaved in, in this call right now. Yeah. When we are with our friends, we behave a bit differently. When we're with our close friends and our family members, they see much more of our personality. They see our hypocrisies, our inconsistencies, and such. You know, the funny, the funny thing uh, about my folks, they'll go to a wedding or they'll go to the masjid and then someone finds out that, okay, my dad is my dad. Like, your Omar was our first dad. You should be so proud. And of course, what, is, what are my folks thinking? Uh, yeah, we should tell him what, what he's really like, right? You know, and so, so the point being that uh, our family members see much, much more of our personalities, highs, lows, every single type of contradiction. And then when we are alone with our full personality, um, we have everything there that even no one else sees. So here's the question. How is what we have in this ayah different than that? That when you and I are here, we're showing you know these highlights. Look at how curious I am, how inquisitive I am, how pious I am. And then when we're with our friends, they see much more. And then when we're with people, our closest people, they see even more. How is this different? Or is it the same? Uh, so number one, we are not doing it with evil intention. Okay, that's fair. I would suggest hypocrites don't see that what they're doing as evil intended, although other people might. So what else? How else is it similar or different? It's not the same, depends on the relationship with others, okay, but I need more, uh, sadly I need more explanation. One key is that we're not being deceptive. We are not contradicting. And so the point is that the attribute here is the attribute of deception. The attribute here is, the, is, is actually a contradiction. Whereas when you and I are interacting with each other, it's not that we're contradicting, we're only showing a facet of our personality. And that's still part of the personality we're showing with other people, which is also part of the personality we're showing other people. We're just only showing the highlights, you know. Like at this point, the, the joke I tell is, you know, you might be surprised that I'm not always this amazingly cool. No, that's a joke. It's April Fool's. Okay, so anyway, so core values must remain consistent. Yes, uh, moment I agree. Uh, Mossab, we were born Muslim, most of us. Um, I don't understand uh, the, the point you're making, Mossab, in the context of, of the discussion. But, okay, so we've now seen four attributes. Uh, uh, do you have a preference, uh, a preference uh, either that I write uh, or that I type? Anybody have a quick preference? Type, okay, fine. Write, type. <laughs> All right, I'll just type this time. We'll alternate. Okay, so, so these are the four attributes so far. One again is lying. Another is is uh, deflecting criticism. Another is arrogance and devaluing the community. And number four is being two-faced. Yeah. So these are these are the attributes we've seen so far. Now, what is common? Some of this we discussed yesterday uh, is distrust in Allah. That we said the people of taqwa uh, have thorough trust in Allah. The people of hypocrisy have distrust in Allah. That's different than lack of trust. 
We're saying actual distrust from my pencil bow. Okay, what else do we see here? Is that they're always talking. Just about every attribute of hypocrisy, not all of them, but the vast majority of attributes of hypocrisy you see over and over again, they keep talking, 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 talking. Now, if you have someone who's very talkative, it doesn't mean that they're a hypocrite. But what is common among hypocrites is that they're always talking. <laughs> they're always talking about themselves. And Hans, we'll get to your question in just a moment. Yeah. So, so the hypocrites, you know, are saying, "No, no, we are reformers. Shall we believe like the fools are? You know, we're actually with you." They're always talking about themselves over and over again. Yeah. So, we're saying hypocrisy is a type of narcissism. A, a, a hypocrisy is a type of self-focus. The person of taqwa, in contrast, is increasingly selfless. The person of hypocrisy is increasingly self-centered. I feel like someone is about to speak. Okay. So... <clears throat> So in terms of uh, a Hans question, can I explain how distrust explains all these attributes? I'm saying that these attributes are a consequence of the fact that I feel Allah is not going to take care of me, so I got to do what it takes for myself. And so thus we see these behaviors manifesting, meaning what is part of the essence of the person of taqwa? The person of taqwa is saying, I have trust in God. It means I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. Right? This is not like the person who's insisting on going to the masjid. You know, and saying, yeah, yeah, God's going to take care of me because God didn't promise to take care of them. But here, we're saying that, okay, if I follow what God is telling me to do, then I'm going to make it through life. Yeah. The person of Nifak is saying, if I follow what God is telling me to do, no, I'm going to suffer. So I got to look out for myself. Yeah. Okay, so... Is it a superiority complex? Uh, I would say it can fall into that as a type of narcissism. And then social pressure may cause some of them to fall back and forth. Uh, sure, I mean, all of us are at different points subject to social pressure. It, it starts reaching the point of nifah when we are actually choosing the wrong over the right regularly, which leads us to IS-16. IS-16 summarizes of, of uh, hypocrisy. So if you look at IS-16, it says, these are the ones who purchase error at the price of guidance, so their commerce does not prosper, neither are they guided. Okay, so what are we saying here is that life is all choices. Your whole experience of life is a series of choices. As you get older and potentially potentially more independent, these choices are more in terms of impact 
and such, right? When we are children and, and uh, uh, you know, being raised by parents and guardians and such, they might be making a lot of choices for us. As we get older, we start making more and more choices for ourselves. Life is always choices. Sometimes those choices are, be, are, are between right and wrong. And we've all faced this, we will all face this many times over the course of our lives. That sometimes we have to choose between right and wrong. And the path of right uh, seems much more difficult, much more risky. The path of wrong seems significantly easier. One way we sort of describe the hypocrites is that they are choosing the path of least resistance. And, and so here, the hypocrite is choosing wrong because it seems more profitable. Profitable doesn't just necessarily mean only in terms of cash. It could be status, it could be esteem, things like that. So choosing between right and wrong, they're choosing wrong because it is most profitable. But what is the promise that is being given? Number in this eye, number one, the net profit is actually going to be zero. And number two, because you're choosing wrong, you're also sacrificing guidance in that choice. Remember the drawing with the heart? You had your irada, then you had your niya, your intentions, and then your actions. So they're choosing wrong, and then that is affecting your heart by darkening your heart. Okay, this I have 15 similar to I7 as in relating the same sentiment. I7 being that Allah has sealed them off. Uh, if you can explain that point. Uh, it's the label of hypocrite and archetype. Yes, here we're speaking again about archetypes. We're speaking about models. Right? So just like we spoke about that one narration about four attributes of the people of Taqwa, they lie, they, they keep breaking their commitments, they break their trust when they're entrusted, and they lose control of their emotions. Then we're taught how many of these indicates how much of a hypocrite you are. So again, uh, a repeated point through all this is, is everything can be defined by a spectrum. How much is a person trusting God? One person might trust God more than the next. How much is someone trusted, distrusting God? One person might be distrusting God uh, more than the next. Uh, do they believe in Allah? Yeah, they believe in Allah. At the very least, conceptually but they don't believe that Allah is taking care of them. Majority of followers in human history, then where and how choice plays into an ordinary person's intellect? Okay, that question I don't understand. Let's come back to more of these questions a little bit later on. So, so these we have uh, the four attributes, and then we says, how is, this, how is this summed up? That the hypocrite, in times of choosing right and wrong, they're going to choose wrong because it's more profitable, and then it's a double loss. Okay. So having said that, uh, we've now seen three attributes of the of or three models of belief and rejection. Again, one is the person of taqwa. The second one is the person of of kufr rejection, and the third one is the person of nifaq. Ayah seventeen through twenty. Are similes or metaphors about the above three? 
So first, someone uh, tell us what is a simile or a metaphor. Anybody? Yeah, I'm, I was waiting to see how long before someone says simile has the word like. Yeah. So it's basically a likeness. Yeah, metaphor is. So an analogy, yeah, all these are correct. So give us some analogies, and I know I'm open up a potential can of worms here. Give us some similes or metaphors or analogies. Anyway, share anything. Funny part is that it's usually harder to think of some, even though we're speaking in metaphor all the time. That's a whole new can of worms. Deep. Nice one right there. Okay, four is to eight as six is to 12. Once again, Abdullah is the conceptual master of philosophical frameworks and such, mashallah. It's a piece of cake, nice. You guys are basically using the, the metaphors that I use. Her face is like the moon, mashallah. That is poetry right there, right? Round and keep staring at you. Okay, um, any other? The dark moon, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ramya, all right. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, so so what are we saying? What is the point? Oh, listen to Musab. I was lost in a sea of nameless faces. We've got some poets in this room, mashallah. Okay, that was beautiful. Abu Lahab <laughs> okay. okay, now we can see that uh, Dr. Kazi has, has come to life, and so he's going to be participating here in a second. Afraid to see what he's going to say. Okay. Why do we use metaphors? What is the, the, uh, the benefit of, of using them? Yeah, I think maybe I should just start calling on people and then you have to talk to the microphone. Everyone's getting too used to using this chat box. It's a mnemonic. I thought that was more for the purpose of memory. To give comparison, okay, to compare a new concept to an existing one and communicate the new concept. Family, I just like the way you talk. Okay, someone put this as simple as drawing new connections between seemingly distinct ideas, helps us see something the way we already understand, adds personality. All this is correct. Um, can anyone explain it in simple <laughs> language? What's a metaphor? A metaphor is basically to help someone understand something by connecting it with something they already understand. So to get some abstract concept and connect it to, yeah, related to known examples, relatability, spice up the language, sure, they're effective, sure. Okay, what does Rami say? We use metaphor through play in child therapy all the time. It's because the metaphor is often more palatable for kids than the concrete. That sums it up, yes, to convey a deeper meaning, yes, all of these things. Good. So, so what is the most common or what are the most common metaphors uh, in reference to guidance or misguidance. Whether we're speaking about Islam or speaking across religions. Straight path is one of the most common ones, which we've already used, absolutely. What else? Light and dark. That is the most common one. And the interesting thing about, about light and dark is that it seems light is almost universally used as a positive related to guidance and darkness is related, is related to misguidance and misconduct and such. That is perhaps the most 
used metaphor and straight path is probably also top five as well. So <clears throat> how do we decipher the metaphors in the Quran? First, how do we know if something's a metaphor? Often it'll tell us right at the beginning. So Ayah 17, Mathaluhum, their likeness is as the following. Okay, so it's telling us right from the start. It's a likeness, it's a metaphor, it is a simile. Good. So now let's take this piece by piece. If you have the uh, Oxford translation, some of you have seen this in class, if you have this translation, this translation is very good, except some places I think he gets very, very simplistic to the point that we missed the point, and this is one of those examples. In any case, Mathalohom, their likeness, Gamathali, is as the likeness of he who is kindling a fire. Okay. So we have to figure out who we're talking about when we're speaking of they. Okay. You have um, this person who is kindling a fire. And then what happens? It's light spreads all around them. So now we have he and we have they. And then Allah takes away their light. Leaving them in darkness. And then the next, uh, where they cannot see. Deaf, dumb, let's say deaf mute and blind, they will not return. Okay, so here are the components of the metaphor. First metaphor, we actually, in this section, we have three metaphors, I 17 and 18 is the first one. Their likeness is the likeness of, you have this person who is kindling a fire. Now let's stop again. Uh, when you hear fire in the Quran, what is the first thing you think of? Anyone? Yeah, you usually think of hell, 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 yeah, look at that. And then Moses, burning bush, nice. Iblis, made of fire, nice. What's a positive fire in the Quran? So one is Moses, peace be upon him. What's another positive fire? Fire that guide gives wrong, again, uh, in the incident of uh, where Musa salam, was going to look for fire. Yeah, so, so that approached to when they're speaking of Moses, peace be upon Ibrahim, yes, exactly. Uh, Ibrahim would be another positive. Mishkat, oh, that's pretty deep. I'm impressed, Omar uh, al-Khadra. Uh, and then, by extension, lamp in the olive tree. Okay, so what are we saying here? A lot of times when we think of fire, we think of hell. But fire we see used multiple ways. We have Musa alayhi salam when he sees the fire in the distance. And then that's where now he's being called directly by, by Allah. And then we have the story of Ibrahim uh, alayhi salam when he's young. And he's calling people to turn away from idol worship, talking about how, how absurd it is. And so they decide to burn him to death. They decide to throw him into the fire, and Allah Ta'ala tells the fire to cool him. So that's a positive fire. And then, of course, this, uh, this example from the famous ayah, Nur ala Nur, uh, where Allah Ta'ala speaks of this pure oil in this lamp, 
and then it ignites, and then it causes this unending light that spreads light upon light. That's definitely a positive fire. So a point to think about, light seems to always be used for guidance. Fire can be positive or negative. Yeah. Of course, if we speak from the perspective that everything from a less positive, sure. But the point is that light seems to only be used. And so here we have a man kindling a fire which is causing light. And then the light is spreading all around. And then you have these other people, that light is causing them darkness. And they're left deaf, dumb, and blind. So who is the person? Who is this person who's bringing light that is causing darkness? Yeah, thank you, Doug, who, who has done this in class with me, mashallah, just literally a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. So a common way that this metaphor is read is that the person who is kindling the fire is the prophet, peace be upon him. And he is bringing guidance. The guidance of Allah, the light of Allah. Yet for this other group of people, that's actually causing them darkness. So the prophet is obviously positive. Then I think we can infer that this other group of people, they're negative. Who would they be? Among the three personality or belief types and rejection types, um, I'd say it includes the hypocrites. It may also include the kafirs too. Yeah, so the hypocrites and the kuffar. Uh, a small, uh, so notice the term kuffar, sadim, um, use the term kuffar. Anyone know the difference between kafirun and kuffar? Kafirun is the actual general plural. Kuffar is meaning of, is speaking of many kafirs. Whereas kafirun is the official plural, small, small point. So, so it's a type of plural referring to many. Anyway, so, so, so the point is that the metaphor seems to be speaking about at least hypocrites. And another point to take from this is that for hypocrites, it's as though guidance is something that causes an allergic reaction with them that when they are being called to guidance, their re reflex is to reject it. That is also part of the essence of the experience or the heart of the hypocrite. And so think back when we spoke about yearnings, I think it was yesterday, uh, the central yearning of the heart in our paradigm is to get closer to Allah. That is the central yearning of the human experience. Now, if that yearning is not being fulfilled, then we compensate with other yearnings. And sometimes we might compensate with yearnings that become unhealthy. So think about the person who needs to be calm, and so then they whip out a cigarette and they smoke. Yeah. To make themselves calm. Yeah. Sometimes those yearnings are unhealthy. Sometimes as we indulge in those, we get into self-destructive yearnings. So the hypocrite is someone who at a spiritual level is falling into and persisting in self-destructive yearnings. So that when guidance is coming, they find it repulsive. So think about someone, to make by way of analogy, someone who, who starts out drinking alcohol, 
And at first, first time they might be repulsed by it, second time they might be repulsed by it, but everyone else is drinking, so they persist. And then they drink more and more and more to the point that they start developing a taste for alcohol or this particular type of drink. And then they drink it more and more, and now they're beginning to drink it to help them adjust to stress. And then they're drinking uh, to, uh, to basically to feel better about themselves. And then it can reach the point that we start calling it an addiction, that they start turning to that for, to fulfill multiple needs, almost like it's a medication, they're self-medicating. And as that person gets deeper and deeper into booze, if you offer them orange juice, it's gonna be repulsive. If you offer them milk, it's gonna be repulsive. Potentially, if you offer them water, it's gonna be repulsive. Good. Such also happens with guidance. So just like with the hypocrites, we said, okay, what is the positive attribute? So of the four that we saw, what's the positive regarding lying? Can you hear me now? Testing, testing. Okay, okay, that was weird. Okay, so what were we saying? That in terms of the attributes of hypocrisy that we've seen, the overt attributes, how do you turn them into positives? Instead of lying, you speak the truth. Even if it is bitter, and by bitter means it's bitter in terms of what it's gonna expose about you, or it's bitter in terms of the difficulty of saying it, or how it's gonna be received. Uh, regarding deflecting criticism, try to, with the goal of continuous self-improvement, try to consider all criticism you receive. Some of it's just gonna be wrong, but some of it, even if one piece of that is right, it's worth considering, and you don't have to agree with it. I agree with all the criticism. Third, regarding being arrogant or devaluing the community, it's to develop love for the community. The fourth one about being two-faced, again, that's similar to speaking the truth, be consistent and straightforward. That's such a big thing that even in marriage, one of the ayahs that is quoted is what? Uh, 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 right? So from Surah Al-Ahzab, oh, you who believe, have taqwa of Allah. Be straightforward when you speak. Okay, uh, Abu Hassan, what I say about the first one, which is basically tell the truth instead of lying. Now, in terms of these, uh, the metaphor here, the approach we want to take is when the possibility of guidance is coming for us or someone is calling us to guidance to see it at the very least as something beneficial. Better than that is to see it as something we are thirsting for. So the approach to take for guidance, because this would bring me closer to a law, is to be thirsty for it, to yearn for it. The approach to take to guidance because as a result of bringing me closer to Allah, it's going to make my life better. By better, I mean more manageable. Good. We should be thirsting for it. So for example, a common dua is, is uh, oh Allah, make uh, easy for me what is halal and hard for me what is haram. So Allahumma. So make, make the halal easy for me, make the haram hard for me. 
And then in this context, we're even what's implied here, oh Allah, please make the halal something I find uh, that I'm yearning for. And please make the haram something that I'm find that I find repulsive. Uh, Shazia, I will post uh, uh, I'll post the Arabic. Let me find the whole dua. It's actually a longer dua, inshallah. So, but at the simplest point, we're saying make the halal easy and appealing to me. Make the haram difficult and repulsive for me. Okay. Uh, we'll stop right here, and then uh, tomorrow, inshallah, we'll get into the other two metaphors. Uh, let me let me scroll through to see if there's any questions that I missed. Uh, so when Allah is shining light through the Prophet, peace be upon him, everyone, hypocrites reflexes to turn away from it. And this is because they cannot have that intimate yearning to Allah. So I would modify the last part. It's they find the intimate yearning to Allah to be repulsive. Yeah. People are not born this way. Hypocrites are made, not born. And it comes from going down the path of, of hypocrisy. What if you see yourself not interested in listening to certain sheikhs or people? All of us have that. That's, the, that's not hypocrisy. I mean, the, 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 the issue would be to find out why do I like listening to this sheikh? Why do I not like listening to that sheikh? Is it because of content or is it because of packaging? Is it because of judgment that I'm putting on that person? If it's judgment that I'm putting on that person, like, hey, this person is dumb, this person's uneducated, then that's probably the wrong approach. Uh, so in three, when God takes away their light, does that refer to the light of the prophet, peace be upon him? Yeah. So a way to think of hypocrites is that they do have some light, and it's sort of like the light of a match versus the light of the sun. And so the light of the prophet overwhelms their light as though they become blind from it. Self-awareness versus self-centeredness, I'd say that is part of the path. And part of the path of taqwa is to be more self-aware and objective and critical of the self. And I'm saying objective and I'm saying critical of the self, not uh, uh, extra critical. Uh, <clears throat> oh, I have 15. I'm sorry. We, we didn't discuss that. Uh, remind me tomorrow we have to discuss I have 15 about being left on. Uh, I'll give them more rope. I'm sorry about that. Uh, is it possibly too self-critical? Absolutely. Uh, what is recommended for personal development is to find a personal teacher. Uh, someone that you trust and then someone who will, who will speak the bitter truth to you. Not in the sense of someone who will insult you. I mean, those of us who've been gifted with multiple teachers, we can tell you about many horribly bad teachers we've had. I'm thinking of one teacher, <laughs> sorry, Hans. I'm thinking of one teacher, I'm looking at his note, uh, who every time I questioned him a little bit, he was super... Uh, verbally violent um, and so we have those and this is also in our community this is more of a privilege that men have than women it's a lot easier for men Muslim men to access teachers than it is for for Muslim women but the point I'm making is uh, it's kind of like what we'd have a, as a spiritual version of a life coach and the point is that that person will pro uh, provide you with appropriate uh, criticism so it is possible to be too self-critical. It's also possible to be not self-critical enough. Uh, Sadi is saying, there are many nuances in each one of these attributes. For example, a relationship with certain people is close enough to where we can show the true self. And in a professional setting, we might not. So the comfort level also counts. It might not be seen as two-faced. Yeah, this is, this is the point we discussed earlier. That's not being two-faced. That is the proper adab of a particular setting. So in a setting of learning deen, there's a proper adab. You know, mashallah, all of you are sitting and everything. In the setting of undergrad online classes, as is the case with some of my students this morning, they can't seem to get out of bed. Um, uh, and 
they have class with their stuffed animals in bed. Okay, the adab of, of speaking to our parents is, is a different thing. The adab of speaking about Allah. What is part of the adab of speaking about Allah? We only say positive things. Uh, uh, I'm confused a bit. It is mathaluhum, their likeness. Yeah. Did they light the fire? No, no, no. Mathaluhum kamathalil alladhi. Kamathali alladhi. That's singular. So their likeness is as the likeness of the following. You have this one person who is killing a fire, and then, um, and then it takes away their light. Um, you might be looking in, if you're looking at uh, the Arabic, I think it's pretty clear. If you're looking at the, the Halim translation, I think he kind of, I don't understand the choice he makes in translation. Um, any other questions that I'm missing? I'm scrolling up. Let me know if there's anything else. Uh, I think that's everything. Okay. Um, if not, uh, you said you would discuss more of lying to yourself versus lying to others. Uh, let's start with this, uh, inshallah, tomorrow with I-15, and then lying to yourself. And, and then I will locate the Arabic of the dua of, you know, uh, for making uh, easy what is halal, make it hard what is haram. And just to repeat overall the uh, Ramya, I sometimes have feelings about the light, dark, and metaphors. I think they sometimes perpetuate some racism, colorism. This isn't about, uh, this isn't a question, but I wonder if you might be able to say something cool and reassuring about this. What I would say is uh, that's exactly one of the tools that was used to develop, you know, what we call race uh, as a construct. This goes all the way back to paintings by Hieronymus Bosch in the 1500s, where he would have these black fairies and these white fairies, and the black fairies were essentially demons and the white fairies were, were, were angels. And then from that, in, um, that gets further and further developed as a tool for power. Absolutely, I would say, uh, Hieronymus Musbash, I'll send it to you uh, uh, directly, inshallah. I'll even, I'll look for the paintings and send it to you that are sometimes considered to be like the, the, the first big instances in Western tradition of the continuous further development of racism. But I would also say that everything in Dean can be used uh, as a tool for power, uh, literally everything. So uh, a student asked a couple days ago that, um, um, you know, that if, if going to the masjid in a Muslim polity is fard for men, does that normalize the, the space for men? Uh, I'd say that's absolutely how it can be forged. Uh, so everything um, can be used uh, for, for power and dispossession and such. Okay, uh, I mean to, to, to the du'a, Professor um, uh, uh, Walid. And uh, okay, we will stop right here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafirka natubi lake. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafirka natubi lake. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastafirka natubi lake. Wa akhirat da'wana and alhamdulillah hirabil alameen. May Allah bless you all. May Allah keep you all safe, all of us. Is as we're seeing the virus seems to be getting closer and closer today. I have a student whose father is is uh, uh, who's been diagnosed with it. So, I look forward to you all. Okay.